Let's go, everyone. It's a new day, Baruch Hashem. It's a new life. We have the opportunity to change our lives. We have an opportunity every day to wake up and to make changes and to become better. As we said, Avraham Zakein Ba Bayamim. You want to know where your life is? You want to know what your life's about? Your life's about right now. Your life is happening right this moment, right this second. This is when our life is. Your life is not tomorrow, and your life is definitely not yesterday, because that's done with. Yesterday is dead. The only thing that we have is we have today, and hopefully we have tomorrow, but we can't worry about tomorrow. We have to worry about today. We have to worry about these moments where a person can hopefully try the best that he can to live the life that he wants to live, to live the day that he wants to live, which is beginning with purity of speech, which is your speech is all a, a uh, result and a birth of your thoughts and what's in your mind. A person speaks what's in his head. And when a person speaks Lashon Hara, when a person goes ahead, which is Haman, the Gemara says that Haman, Amalek, Haman is negativity, is Lashon Hara, all sinas chinam, the Beis Amigdash is destroyed because of Lashon Hara, because of sinas chinam. Today is Moshe Rabbeinu's yard site, Moshe Rabbeinu's birth, which represents the exact opposite, which is a good speech. It's actually interesting because Moshe Rabbeinu was Kvad Peh. Moshe Rabbeinu stuttered, he had a, a speech impediment, whatever that means, that he had is the pshat that the best thing for a person to have is a lack of speech. He was a lack, correct. He was a leader. You know why? Because you don't talk a lot. When you're a leader, it's not about talking the talk. It's about walking the walk. It's you talk less. Right, very good. Moshe Rabbeinu didn't talk so much. He had his brother talk for him. That's the best. But Moshe Rabbeinu obviously talked the talk, right? Yoni. You see a guy, Yoni Cohn. Yoni Cohn. Yoni Cohn. Talks, talks little, does a lot. That's what life's about. That's why, like the Gruss says, we have two ears and we have one mouth. We have two ears so that we listen more and we talk less. And whatever it is that we do talk, we only talk good things about another Jew. So that's why we're starting with purity of speech. And we always have to remember, we always have to remember that it's not about the next world. Obviously, obviously a Jew understands and we know that our life is about the next world and the whole purpose of this world is in order to help us get to the next world. But what we understand in purity of speech and the Chavetz Chaim teaches us is, is that if you want to have a good world in this world, if you want to have a good marriage, you want to get along with people, you want to have a good relationship with your children, you want to have a good relationship with yourself, the more a person learns to not talk negative, the more a person can learn to think positive, the more a person can learn, forget about, right, I love when people say, oh yeah, okay, but I live in reality. You know what? If you want your reality, right, people say, I'm not a pessimist, right, I'm a realist. Right? I'm not a pessimist, I'm just looking at reality. So my response to that is, no problem. If you want your reality to be a negative reality, so then you'll live your life in a negative reality. If you want your life, it's all based on what you want your life to be. If you want your, love, your, your life to be a life 
of positivity and love and finding the good and seeing the good, then you'll have a good life. Mi chaim, someone who wants life, oev yamim, liros tov. You love to find the good. You love to find the good. Yes, Michal. And you're not sure to bring it up because he could interpret it as a bad thing? That's a good question. I don't know. I hear. To try and make shalom. I hear. It's a good point. You don't want to make it that now they're going to fight with each other. That would be rechilas. Rechilas, you're talking about rechilas. Rechilas is where you put two people against each other. That's what you would be doing. Right? It's a good point. Very sensitive. Very sensitive. Beautiful. Beautiful. Okay. I don't know. I'm not sure. Okay. Says the Sefer Shmir Salashan Shara Tfuna Paragzayan Shoftim. Page 297 in Purity of Speech, day 113. Sefer Shoftim describes how the Jews suffered seven years of theft and destruction from their neighbors, the Midyanim. Who did Hashem choose to conquer the Midyanim and to alleviate the Jews' suffering? Gidon, Gideon. Gideon was not a tzaddik, nor the son of a tzaddik. So why did Hashem grant him the privilege of performing this worthy task? The Zohar explains, says the Chavetz Chaim, that since Gideon always judged people favorably, Hashem sent a malach to tell him, since you always find the good in the Jewish people, go with that strength and save them from the Midyanim. Unbelievable. So you see that someone who judges someone favorably merits immeasurable schar. Says the Chavetz Chaim, Sefer Shmir Salashen. Unbelievable. Halach in practice. When is it permissible to believe... Oh, I'm sorry. You know what? I did the wrong one. I did the wrong one. We're on page day 112, but yeah. Halach in practice. Yeah, go. Right, Hashem gave him. Very nice. Good, 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 uh, good point, Shalom Beautiful. Okay, beautiful. So, what to do in the following case? When a group is talking Lashon Hara before you enter the conversation. Here we go. The last lesson explained what to do if you are sitting in a group. And someone starts Lashon Hara. The Chavetz Chaim makes it clear. Chavetz Chaim makes it clear that the halachas 
mentioned before were meant in the event that you are sitting in a group and while you are sitting there, someone starts talking Lashonara. So we spoke yesterday about... Um, we spoke yesterday about... Um, Stopping the person, saying, let's not talk. Let's not talk about other people. I don't think we're allowed to talk about him. I think we said that yesterday, I don't remember. Um, so he says, you know what, let me, let me, I just want to do this halacha again, page 294, I'm sorry. If it is impossible to walk away, right, you're sitting at a wedding, you're sitting at a table at your relative's wedding, and someone starts talking. You know our cousin Yisrael is such an incompetent parent. I pity his kids, right? You're sitting at the Shabbos table, you're sitting at a wedding, and you're with your family, and then someone says, oh, you know, our cousin so-and-so is such a bad parent, poor kids. What are you supposed to do? Great question. Once it was seven Yeah, yeah. You're sitting at a table, and they start talking Lashonara. What are you supposed to do? So says the Chavetz Chaim, the best thing to do is to stop the person, if you can, and say, let's not talk about people. Or I think we are not allowed to talk about him. You could say that. Now my suggestion for everybody going home is bring a purity of speech and say, uh, the minhag, one of the things that I learned in yeshiva this year is to learn Hilchus Lashonar, so can we do it at the table? This way that, that's already a great start um, to the meal where it'll bring a sensitivity. And then the conversation starts going around Hilchus Lashonara. It's a, great, it's a great way to do that. But let's say you can't do that. So you could say, I, I don't, I'd rather not talk about other people. The outcome will be that you will have prevented many people from committing terrible Averos. The speaker from the Avera of Lashonara and the listeners, your schus will be immeasurable. Now obviously... You don't want to get into a fight with anybody. You don't want to start fighting with people because that's counterproductive. You don't want to start going ahead and saying, oh, Lashonara, Lashonara, Lashonara. Now, it depends how bad it gets. Now, the Chavetz Chaim says that we all have a responsibility to stop people from speaking Lashonara. However, if you know that the Yetzirah will overcome you, thank you so much. If you know that Yetzirah will overcome you and you will feel uncomfortable stopping the speaker... Thank you, Yossi. Then at least walk away or don't listen to the Lashnara. You can walk away. Okay, we'll talk about this a little. If it is impossible to walk away or to close your ears, then, number one, don't believe the Lashnara. And this is a very important point that I like to, I know we speak about this all the time, but it's important to chaza this over. People who speak Lashnara consistently Will, will don't believe them. Because what they do is they're constantly speaking Lashon Hara. So they're constantly finding the bad in people so you don't necessarily have to believe them. Who says that it's true? That's number one. Number two, don't enjoy the conversation. Number three, try not to make any facial expressions of approval, like smiling, nodding, winking, smirking, which might give the impression that you actually agree, and you agree, and you enjoy the Lashon Hara. Furthermore, it's praiseworthy, says the Chavaz Chaim, 
to show a disappointed expression which shows that you are disturbed from the conversation. Unbelievable. Okay. Now, obviously, yeah, I'm sure there are question comments for this. Yes, Rafi. Yeah, so that for sure. That what? You don't want to embarrass them. So Rafi's saying, what, let's say you say something that will embarrass someone, then better not to. Walk away if you can. You obviously don't want to embarrass. Yes, Ben. You have to know your you have to know the people you're dealing with. If it's someone if you could stop someone from speaking Lashonara, that would be amazing. It's like stopping someone from smashing someone's head with a bat. Beautiful. Yes. Also, usually if someone calls a conflict, is it you're trying to get in somebody else's business? Right. If somebody's talking Lashonara and you say that Lashonara don't say that and you're not allowed or whatever, then usually it'll be like, no, it isn't, it is, it isn't. Right. If you put it all on you, you say, like, you're 100 I just don't like hearing so much. Right, like, right. Drunk, then the person will have a total of like, no, it's allowed. I know it's allowed. Right, I just want it, right. No, you want to hear it. Like, what do you right, do? right, right, you have to be smart. 100%. You have more of a 100%. You have to be very smart. You have to be very smart in how you're doing it. And, of course, many times you, you don't want to have confrontation with the person. And that's it. You just let it go or don't go to the meal or move away, whatever it is. Yes, from Zeth. As much as you Right. So you have to say you don't. So that's why I was saying you don't believe it. You have to say this per. If you know someone's always talking lashon hara, so they're talking negative about that person, negative about that person, negative about that person, negative about. That person. So maybe, maybe that person is just a negative person. Oh, you heard what that lady did? You heard what that man did? That you talk about people all day and all night about negative things. I'm going to believe what you have to say. If you don't believe it, it's very... Yeah, but you know that this person is just fake news. You know that it's all just, yeah, okay, there they go again. They're talking about what this person did about this, this person did about that. But, but, but you're right, Ribzev. If it's really going to affect you, then you can't be there. If you think it's going to actually get into your system, then you can't be there. You have to be very careful. Okay, yes, Shimon. That's fine. That's not your business. My business is stopping the, the punch right now. Well, what if it'll cause the Yeah, then, then you can't. Right? Then you can't. Right? If it's going to cause, uh, uh, you have to know who you're dealing with. The, the easiest thing is to just, uh, the, the easiest thing is don't put yourself in a situation where you're going to be at a table or you're going to be at a wedding. If you know the person you're going to, right? We all know this, unfortunately. You know you're walking into this room. 
You know you see a crowd of these three, four guys. You know whether or not that's going to be a dangerous, uh, you know, chevra to be with right now. And then what are you going to be surprised? Oh, so you're sitting down with this chevra who don't care, chas I mean, not in our yeshiva, of course. I'm saying, it, you know, if you're, if you're in another place, let's say, probably, you know what? Probably nowhere. So let's say somehow, somehow, you know, you're, you're, you end up somewhere. Okay, I don't have a case anymore. Never mind. It's not going to happen. Right? No, you, no three, four yidin would ever sit together to talk Lashon Hara. Right? Oh, so what you have to say like this. If you're sitting with three goyim, and you know that they're going to start talking about a Jew, right? You're sitting with three goyim, and you know now they're not Machmer Lashon Hara, so don't go to, to begin with. What are you seeing there? So you can believe it. Well, to be Makabal. It's not Lashon Hara for him to say, for you to be Makabal. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Valdek, right? Mikam Chay Yisrael. Jews don't speak Lashon Hara. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just wanted to uh, point out, you know, I just came to my mind to, uh, you know, when this isn't just some like outside thing of somebody might talk Russian hour while I'm trying to live my life, so I just need to know how to like right. you know, get away from that. It, it's like me living a certain kind of life. It's Correct. Like the same idea of people who are trying to watch their eyes. So they're cheshbiting, you know, where am I walking? When exactly. Am I walking there? Where exactly. Am I going? Who am I going with? Exactly. You know, my exactly. Off, my off, like, whatever it might be. Correct. So it's like a lifestyle. Beautiful. Of the kind of person that I'm trying to be. Beautiful. And then once you're in that zone, so beautiful. It's not about what is this, what is that. Beautiful. At that point, you're like living it. Beautiful. Take, takes a guy who lives that lifestyle to say a pshal like that, right? Shkayach Yehuda, Shkayach Yehuda, beautiful. Here we go, Zara. Nice, nice. I mean, you could say that publicly. You're saying, I like that. Right, beautiful. Beautiful. By the way, they're going. The Torah Chaim's going to Mezbush, and my son took one of the Svarim, right? And now the whole Torah Chaim wants it, so we'll have to talk the publishing rights over here. They're only going to measures and somewhere else. Hopefully, they'll bring them, bring them to other places. Yes, Avi. Right, right, exactly. Correct. Right, right, correct. 100%. Beautiful. Right. Nobody, Avi. The truth is, nobody, nobody really likes talking about other people. No, you like it for a minute, but I'm saying you don't like it, you don't like yourself. You don't like yourself. As Mayor Mattel says, Pat Poe is a shot that it's all here. You're, all your riches and everything is right here. You don't have to. I want to say this again because I love saying this over and it's so important. God willing, when you get married and have, you have children and you're sitting together at home, you don't want to be talking about anybody else. You just want to be talking about you and your wife 
and your children who are right in front of you. And I say this many times. You don't even want to be talking about another sibling who's not even there. You want to just be sitting here and saying, how was your day? How can we become better people? What could we work on? How can we be more positive? To sit around and to talk about other people is like nauseating. It's nauseating. Okay, Hashem should help each and every one of us, especially as we're now going to be in Bein Azmanim soon, that Hashem should protect all of us. And Amir Hashem, all the conversations. I remember one of the greatest videos I saw was last year, last, last Bein Azmanim. I mean, it was here on Sukkot when, uh, when they, some of the Hevra sent me from, from uh, they were out in, I don't know, somewhere in a restaurant. Some Hevra was out there and they were learning with, with about 10, 15 of our guys from Yeshiva, sitting there learning together purity of speech. So bring it with, I want to say something. Don't wait, don't wait for somebody else. Don't wait to go home and wait for somebody else to implement what you want to implement. Go there with strength and say, this is something that I'd love to do for the family. This is something, you'll, you'll, you'll do the greatest gift you could bring your family, you, you could bring home. Yes. If you don't have money to buy the book, no, we have, we have 50. Shkoyach, Rabbi Tzvi. After the rabbi gives us the raise. I think if, if, we, if the premises is that Hashem doesn't put us in situations that we cannot handle or should be, then uh, a lot of times people are scared to talk or scared to pull out the book, oh, I'm a loser, I'm from what happened to you, but on the contrary, whenever your brain is pushing you not to do, that's when I try to do. I was in the car yesterday and a cop was next to me and I wanted to ask him what happens if, uh, if, some, if, if he pulls someone over and the guy says, oh, I have corona, what are you going to do? He only was with me. And, I, and then I was like, nah, I'm too scared. But because of that, I, I rolled the window down, and I asked him, what are you going to do? He said, what did he say? He said, I'll give him a ticket, but I won't get close to him. <laughs> okay. And I told Yoni that I, I, I yeah, I do. It was really for me working on me not wanting to do it. And uh, they say that if, someone's, if someone doesn't go to Hatzalah class or doesn't carry a gun, Hashem won't put him in that situation. But once someone takes a responsibility or something, so that is that we are soldiers of the Chafetz Chaim, the Lord. Our Beautiful, the Rabbi say. I know Rabbi Chi since he's 16 years old. Thomas, wow. 16, 17. He was, he was always very mature. He was, he was. He looked like that. He looked like that, right? He was very young, and Baruch Hashem, you've grown. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Wow. Makes me proud. Wow, amazing. Oh, thank you. Amazing. Yeah. Said, don't wait like, to go back to the and wait for somebody else to do the thing. Right. I think like, it's so valid and so in life. Like, every, <laughs> we have like, these grandiose ideas of what we're going to do that's going to make us better as people or whatever, but we're just waiting for 
somebody take the lead will be the fault. Like just just go at it, just go out there and do it. You know, like beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. Okay, Hashem should help us all. We should be zocha to continue every day, even through Benazmanim, to continue to learn purity of speech, especially during Benazmanim. As I said on the, on, uh, I think on the Mezbush trip, um, I said even in the alumni Shabbos, we spoke about this in Lakewood, that the more when you're out of your regular zone and you're out of your comfort zone, sometimes that could be a trigger to, to want to speak Lashon Hara because when you're uncomfortable, so the first thing you want to do is you want to make conversation and you want to sort of like, you know, put yourself up there a little bit. So you have to be extra careful when you're going home and you're going, right, you'll see guys who haven't seen in a while. Hey, what's up? How you doing? Oh, where's this guy? Oh, where's that guy? And they start talking about, and then, and of course, you don't do it on purpose, but suddenly you start getting into a conversation. Oh, you heard about that guy? Oh, yeah, I heard he's not doing so well. I heard this. You have to be very, very careful when you go Benazmanim to... To, uh, and the natural thing is, hey, what's up? How you doing? You want to make conversations? It's okay. Let them, let them ask the question and say, you know, oh, what happened to this guy this year? He got a little bit more quiet. He got a little bit quiet. It's okay. Better to be the person who they say, uh, you know, why don't you talk a little bit more than to be the guy who they say, why don't you settle down and don't talk so much. So, uh, yeah. What if someone's saying there's your own story is fine. Yeah, of course. If other so you have to be careful. That's what I'm saying. You have to be right careful. You have to be careful. You have to be careful. Yeah, for sure. You can't talk Lashon Hara. You have to be very careful. Even if you include yourself. Even if you include You can't say with these people if it's... If it's first of all, you can't even include... If you include yourself, it's still Lashon Hara. Still Lashon What? I'm sorry, what, what was your question? Okay, no problem, thank you. Okay, yeah, Rafi. Tell your friend's story. Somebody else's name on it. you tell him that you're changing the name? Yeah, for sure. Of course, of course. Yeah, of course. I mean, that, that would help. That's Allah Shara. He doesn't know who it is. If he can't figure it out. Okay, Hashem should help each and every one of us. We should be Zoha today and every day, and especially as the Zman is, uh, we're a week away from, from the end of the Zman, more or less. Um, Hashem should help each and every one of us to be able to not speak any Lashon Hara, not to be Makabal any Lashon Hara, to only see the good in our friends, to only see the good in ourselves, and through that will be Zoha for us and all the Jewish people not to speak any Lashon Hara today and every day. Okay, we, we are still in the introduction. We have a few minutes um, of Mesil Sisharim, where the Ramchal breaks down a person's success in life, successful, a successful Jew, into five different categories, which we're going to go much more in detail after the introduction. But just to give a little bit of an overview, we've been speaking about two parts. The first part is my relationship with Hashem, bringing Hashem in my life with everything. That was Yira, that was the first part. 
The second part we said was being a positive, good, loving, healthy, nice, non-judgmental, good tikkun amidus, yosher amidus, yosher hamidos v'tikunam, having smelling good to people around you, having a good fragrance to every person around you. That's number two. So the Ramchal is teaching me, in order for me to be a good, uh, not a good, I don't like that word, in order for me to be a uh, successful Jew, I need to bring God in my life. I need to bring Him into every aspect of my life. Number two, I need to be good to other people, no matter who those people are, whether I agree with them, disagree with them, even the guy who's uh, filling up your gas tank, even the person who's at the cash, the cash register, who's, who's the cashier, right? That's what we said. For a person to be nice, sweet, and smile, and to love everyone. And here's number three and number four we're going to do today. Number three is Ahava. And we spoke about this before, but the Ramchal says very strong that Ahava is, she had nikba beleva adam, Figuring out a way that I want to do good for Hashem, just like a person naturally wants to do good for his parents. To bring nachas ruach. I want to be pleasing to God. I want to be pleasing to my parents, which is also a very good segue of going home. Because one of the things that I spoke the other night to some of the chevra is one of the first things you want to get clear when you're going home on vacation is how can I be pleasing to my parents? How can I go ahead and bring my parents nachas? How can I go ahead and bring Hashem nachas? Which means nachas ruach is that I want Hashem, I want to be pleasing to Hashem. I want Hashem to look at me and say, wow, I'm proud of you. Which means, I'm not doing what I have to do. I'm not doing things because I have to do them. I'm not doing things because if I don't do them, I'm going to get punished. The reason I'm doing it is because I want to do it. The reason you want to do things for your wife is not because if I don't do things for my wife, my wife is going to get angry at me. The reason I want to do things for my parents is not because obviously, oh, I got to make sure to stay on the good side of my father, the good side of my mother. I want to make sure that I, that I get the brownie points. No, it's I want to do this for them. And that in itself is what creates ahava. That is what creates the relationship. Many times we're waiting for our father to come and to give us what we are supposed to get. Sometimes we're waiting for our mother to give us what we want them to give us. Instead, if a person says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give to my father. I'm going to give to my mother. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give to them. Try and think in those terms and see what would happen. Many times also with Yiddish guys, the same thing. I'm waiting for Hashem to give me this. I'm waiting for Hashem to give me this. What can I go ahead and can I give to Hashem. Yes, Yehuda. When we did this, I guess we were in the year. Yeah. So she already spoke, uh, spoke about how there's the verb and the adjective. Right, right? correct. Because like, you're not just finding a 
and stumbling upon these situations where now I'm going to give to Hashem, to my God, to my parents, I'm like searching correct. for those moments. Correct, like, correct. To bring, thank you, Yehuda. It's true. If the pshat is, is that love is not a feeling that you get. That's love as a noun. Love is a verb, which is I want to love. I want to actually do the action of love to my parents. I want to go ahead. If a person goes ahead, and I'm telling you, it makes a massive difference. If you go home and your goal is, I want to make my mother happy. I want to make my father happy. I want to try and bring them nachas. You will have a much easier time than if you're waiting for your mother and your father to do something for you. And it works like that in any age, at any stage you're at. Because most of the frustrations we have from relationships, the same thing will be, God willing, with your wife. You don't want your wife to give to you. Obviously, she will give to you. But if you're waiting for your wife to give to you, as opposed to you are initiating, you're initiating, and it's even more with your parents. Because when you're waiting for your parents, most of the time, the, the reason, the way it works with your parents is that you're waiting for your parents to, to, to father or mother you the way they should have, or the way you wanted them to when you were a child. And since they didn't, every time you see them, you want them to enact, and you want them to, to be there for you the way you wanted them to be there for you, and, they, and maybe they weren't there for you. But when you look at it the other way, and you say, you know what, it's a hard, it's a hard paradigm shift. When you look at it and you say, how could I be a good son? Not could, how they, could they be a good father? Most of the time we're thinking, how could, oh, my father could be, do this better, my mother could do this better, my brother could do this better, my this one could do this better. What about, as Shlomo Zalman was saying before, how about, how can I be a better son? How can I be a better son to my father? How can I be a better son to my mother? It shifts everything totally. And not only that, it makes you, it brings you happiness. It brings you happiness, and otherwise, you're going to be stuck your whole life. Stuck your whole life waiting for mom and dad because it could continue when you're 30, when you're 40, and when you're 50. It could continue waiting for mom and dad to be mom and dad, mommy and tati, whatever it is. You will wait. You will continue to wait your whole life. You're going to say when I get, what? Even after they die. Correct. 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 And when, when you're married, you'll say, oh, they'll be there for my children. They'll be there for my wife. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for my parents to be the parents that I want them to be. Now, obviously, sometimes we have trauma from that. And sometimes we have difficulty from that. And you got to check that out. And you got to deal with that. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with that. But the bottom line is, the quicker you're shifting yourself from taking from your parents... Yeah, to give to your parents. Yes, sir. A lot of times it's subconscious that when there's friction between two people, so the other person's feeling, he did, she did, and everyone's feeling. The second you surrender and forgive, or you're like, I say I love you, I don't care what you say. Correct. So subconsciously, the guy's Correct. like, oh, there's nothing for me to, your wife's not going to fight with you unless she has a problem, unless your dad has a problem, and then if you're saying I love you, Correct. you're not getting the response, then you have to realize that that person might have an issue. But if it's just the friction, that drops the second you drop it because there's no one to fight. Correct. You. Beautiful. Beautiful. Now, tell me what, what Rabbi Tzvi said is so true is it takes two people to fight. 
You can't fight with one person. It takes two people to fight. So if you don't fight, there's no fight. Guns are down. But here we're even talking about not just guns are down. We're talking about going ahead and saying, how can I be helpful? So good, your mother might have a problem with this. Your father might have a problem with that. Okay, so what? Okay. Am I being a good son? That's what you want to ask yourself. That's real, the real wisdom. I want to say this. It's a very good preparation. It's a very good preparation for marriage. Because if you have that same expectation from your parents, from your father and your mother, you will have that same expectation from your wife. And if your wife doesn't give you what you expect your wife to give you, then you're not going to be happy. And you're going to say, I'm waiting for my wife to give me. As opposed to, and she will give you. As opposed to, how can I be a good husband? How can I be someone who's a loving, giving husband? Yes, Dovi. I feel like I would want to get married knowing that information. More? I feel like I wouldn't want to get married knowing that information because I feel like I could easily mess it up. I would know my parents are holding that. You're talking about marriage or you're talking about your parents? If it's a platform, my parents would be a platform for that. Right. Good. You know what, Dovi, I want to say something, right? I want to say something. That's a great fear to have. It's a very good fear to say, I'm scared to get married because I don't want to be a person who's waiting for my wife, waiting for my spouse to, to solve my problems. That's a very good, that's a very good fear. It is. A very good fear. Because your wife will not solve your problems. Can your wife, can your wife help you that you can solve problems? A hundred percent. Could a great spouse strengthen you, give you emotional support, be there for you? Absolutely. But can they solve your problems? The only person who could possibly solve your problems is yourself. That's the only person who could do that. So yeah, if you are a needy person with your parents, and when I say needy, I mean if you still have major problems with your parents, then it might be a very difficult thing to, to, to get married. But sometimes getting married is helpful for that, whatever. Every person, every case is a different case. But the formula is the same formula. Am I looking for somebody else to be there for me? Or am I looking to be there for them? Am I looking for my parents? And it's a very normal thing to warn your parents to, to, you know, create, to coddle you and to take care of you. But at some point, but at some point, and we all love it, but at some point you have to look in the mirror and you have to say, guess what? I'm not a, I'm not a little baby anymore. I'm a man. Growing up. Growing up, exactly. Right. Somebody said that you could up on the phone. The difference between oh, he's yeah. quoting you from a couple months ago. Yeah. What was it? The difference? What, what was it? Between a Jew to a, a kid. Oh, I'll get it. I'll get it. I'll get it. Like, uh, I don't want to 
that marriage is about me being in control that I gotta do what I gotta do because I have the ability to give and I have the ability to be in control and make other people's lives amazing. I don't think that that scares you when it comes to marriage. I just don't think that's true. Dovey Sour, because he's talking about Dovey Sour. That's what he's saying. That right? Dovey Sour is Dovey Sour is will be a great husband. Besides being a good-looking husband, right? But that don't but that don't matter for too long. Right? It's the inside. It's the inside which counts. It's not about the working outside. It's about the working inside, which Dovey does also. Dovey's been sitting in that chair for almost two full years. Okay, the line that the Rav was quoting from, from uh, the holy uh, Daniel Gross was that starting the process, this is December, Thursday, Thursday, December 5th, he sent this to me. Starting, and he asked, is this, hi Rebbe, is this an accurate statement? It don't get more accurate than this, right? Starting the process of transitioning. And I like the way he said, starting the process. Because it's not about arriving there. It's not about, it's, not about, it's not about being there. It's about starting the process of transitioning from being a full-time taker to a full-time giver is what it means to be a maturing adult. Woo! Fire. 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 That was his own quote. Right? Amazing. Amazing. Yes. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. I just want to say that another level is that once, if a person doesn't struggle with his identity and he likes himself, he has to realize that he would never be who he is without the struggles and problems. And if I could take it a step further, if we were to stand with all the people that put through Rebbe through rough times, we should all stand there and give the medals because Rebbe would never be standing here without prevailing through those struggles. So it turns from anger, if it's your parents, to then realizing that Tony Robbins or Robinson would never be who he was if he wouldn't get beaten by his mom. Now that doesn't justify that, but but we know Hashem puts us through things for a reason. So that's a step further to What Rabbi Rabbi Tzvi is referring to is that once you, what happens is, (coughs) that's the next part. What happens is when I take responsibility and I become an owner and I stop the blame game and I stop saying, Dad, when are you going to come and be the father that I need you to be? Mom, when are you going to stop being the mom that you are and when will you be this mother for me? When a person stops doing that or starts the process of stopping to do that, then what he begins to do is then he begins to enter the level that Rabbi Tzvi is. As he starts realizing, and he starts realizing that the person who I'm going to be is going to be as a result of the challenges I went through and a result of having the father that I had and the mother that I have, and I have two choices to make. I could go ahead and I could continue the chain as Shai Alexia, he doesn't remember this probably, 
don't think it was la- this year. I think last year when he spoke, it could have been he, I don't remember which Shabbos it was, where he spoke about breaking the chain from your parents and your grandparents. That if my father has an anger problem, my mother has an anxiety problem, my father has OCD, my mother has laziness, whatever anybody is plagued with from their family. And guess what? Your father had a father too. And your mother had a mother too. And they had parents that they had to deal with whatever they had to deal with. When a person begins and says, I want to take all the beautiful things from my parents. But if there's something that I don't like about my father or something that I don't like about my mother, what I'm going to do is I'm not going to look to change my father or my mother. I'm going to look to change my mother and my father within me. And I will change those things that I will change in me and will break those chains because otherwise what you're going to do, and this will happen to everybody here, guys. This will happen to everybody here. Ready for this one? You will see yourself when you are raising your children. You're going to start seeing your father in you and your mother in you when you raise your children. <laughs> okay. As long as now, you're aware, as long as you're now, aware, you can now, break out. Now, now, now <laughs> there, there, it's only, it's only scary. It's only, it's only scary. It's only scary. Yes. An existing thing that you still have that you got from your parents, or something that you see recognized in your past that you've broken. So one second. So go good. So like this, you won't be able to see it until you're parenting because you're not a parent yet. You're a child still. You chop what I'm saying? You view your parents as parents. So you're going to see yourself as your parents more as you parent. So the more you can go ahead and you can take ownership. Now that's a good thing also. Because you can get a lot of great things from your parents. This is the way it works as a child. You're going to say, I'm either going to follow them or I'm going to do the opposite of them. If your father was a disciplinarian and too tough for you, you're going to be all soft. If you're, or you might say, I loved it. I want to be like that. You're either going to go with it. So either way, you have to thank your parents. Either way, you got to thank your parents. Because either they taught you what to do, or they ta- taught you what not to do. So either way, you got to say, thank you, dad and mom. And guess what, guys? I got a little surprise for you. Your kids are going to do the same exact thing. <laughs> Believe it or not. You think, oh, I'm going to be the perfect parent. You ain't going to be the perfect parent because it's impossible to be the perfect parent. Because you're going to have six children, eight children, or two children. You have two children. And this one is going to be more like your wife. And this one's going to be more like you. You want to discipline more because my father didn't discipline me. So I'm going to be a big disciplinarian. So your kid's going to go wild. You had too much discipline, so you're going to let him run all over the place. He's going to tie it to you when he's 18. Dad, I wish you would have disciplined me more. Yeah, exactly. Oh, 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 it's true. That's why we have to judge our parents, Likovskus. That's why you have to judge your parents and say, and you know what, guys? To all your credit and everything, right? If, you know, it's easier to parent a child who, uh, who's not, you know, climbing the walls and who's not jumping around and giving them a, a run for their money a little bit. So let's take a little responsibility ourselves, right? For again, I'm not There's blaming. A why we're here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying it's not as simple as we make it. It's not as simple as we make it. 
first of all, there's a fire here today. Thank you, Rabbi. Yeah. Thank you. So I have three things I'm going to try to go with. Um, Sri has been dropping fire today, so two of them are actually the things that he said. So first, so, so first of all, the last thing he said, when a person is realizing that everything that happens to him is for a reason, his struggle is what makes him, right? So then all of a sudden, so I think then the anger starts shifting to gratitude, and all of a sudden you can actually appreciate it. And, uh, also, another thing that we said before, that it takes two people to fight, therefore it only takes one to cause peace. Mm. You just have to remove yourself. You just have to, uh, I just have to mention something about, about Shlomo Zalman. I'm not going to mention anything about Sam's smokehouse, even though I just did. <laughs> I just want to say Shlomo Zalman has transformed himself many years, over and over and over again. But specifically this year, uh, Shlomo Zalman has made major transformations. And I just want to say, sitting here every day with a notebook, right, writing out things. If you look over here, writing out things, making points like he's sitting there in a class, going ahead. Well, this is what you meant by this, and this is what you meant by this. It doesn't just happen. It doesn't just happen that a person transforms himself. The way a person transforms himself is when he takes ownership on his life. And it's a process. It takes time. And the more a person can go ahead and get a notebook, the more a person can go ahead and he can think about, how could I change my life? What could I do? How could I listen more? How could I stop assuming that the way I look at things, that that's exactly the way they are? Maybe, maybe things are not exa- exactly the way they are. That's why, Baruch Hashem, we have the tzaddikim. We have the Mesil Sisharim. We have the tzaddikim who teach us. We have Chazal who teach us how to be a good child. There's a reason there's a mitzvah called keep it of the aim. There's a reason there's a mitzvah. I was actually, someone said to me last night, I'm just going to tell you something. Someone, I'll end off with this. I want to just say the word Shlema Salev because I said we were going to do the, the fourth thing, which is Shlema Salev, which we'll talk about, which is actually... Um, uh, the, the, the new wave word, lahavdal, you know, lahavdal from, from the, the, the gifts of imperfection of living wholeheartedly. So the Ramchal spoke about living wholeheartedly, which is a very popular um, uh, way nowadays in the Mesil Susharim, Shleim uh, Salev, which we're going to talk about in Mitzvah Shem tomorrow. Um, but I saw a, a, uh, a video... Uh, so one last thing, we said the going back to the Ava before it forward, so I wanted to ask, in the Lashon, it's very, first, we have to, we have to place it, make, make the foundation that we're going to give Tashem. That will cause our heart Correct. to awaken to one of Correct. But Correct. Things first is you gotta place that in your heart that you want to give touch. Correct. Beautiful. 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 Shkoyach Shomazam. Shkoyach. Thank you. Amazing. Amazing. I just want to end off with one thing. I, w- I someone sent me a video from one of these, um, you know, um, TED talks uh, yesterday. To, to look at, I try and look at it. I, a lot of times, I I gain this person. I actually gained a lot. A lot from what he said. But one thing I, I said, Baruch Hashem, Ashrenu, uh, that, that, that we have the Torah and we have the truth. 
Because one of the things he was saying is that if you're really serious about business, you're really serious about your life, so then, so then you don't owe anything to nobody. And he's giving examples like your father calls you up in the middle of a deal, your mother calls you up in the middle of a deal, you say, is it an emergency? Are you in the hospital? If not, I'll call you back later. Like, like he's talking to like a crowd and telling people, and I'm, I'm saying to myself, Ashrenu, Ashrenu. That's not, Ashrenu means we're so blessed. I, I'm, I'm thankful that we have the Torah that says the exact opposite. Success, success is picking up the phone and saying, I'm in the middle of a billion dollar deal, but my father and my mother is, and is, more, is more, more, and people will respect you more if you can show, it's not about, it's not about we live in a world where, where, where the success, where the success, where the success, this, this, right, where the success is in the success is in your relationships. Success in, in, in the world that we live in is about your bank account. Success as a Jew is about your relationships with your parents, your relationship with your spouse, your relationship, God willing, with your children and your spouse. Yes, Lenny. Good morning. Yes, yes. That you know, our parents might have also gone through traumatic experiences and and, and uh, a hard time. They they didn't have issues, you know. It's not that. So maybe should, maybe I should uh, accept them a little more and, mm. and treat them with kindness the way I try to treat Ari Eisenberg with kindness. And, and to add to Shlomi, ready for this? Ready for this? Because I've said this many times to many parents over here. Probably every time I've met parents or spoken to parents. Ready for this? Your parents created and made you. And you guys are all awesome. So you have to give some credit to your parents because look at you guys. So where did you come from? You came from your father and your mother. And that's why you are amazing like you are. So they got to get credit for that as well. Yeah. Hashem, yes, Rabbi Tzvi. Yeah, just to echo yeah. that uh, I, I was sitting with Rebbe and uh, I was talking about acceptance, acceptance. And Rebbe was pointing out that when we're constantly saying we want our parents to accept us, we're doing the same thing in essence to them because we're not accepting them. So if a guy says, I love everyone except this one and this one, so you don't love everyone. So. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Thank you, Rabbi Tzvi. Shkoyach, Rabbi Tzvi. Good. Hashem should help all of us. We should all be Zoha, each and every one of us, as we're getting ready for Purim, as we're getting ready for Bein Azmanim. Let Hashem help us all smash our rearview mirrors. Don't worry about your past. Don't worry if in the past you weren't such a good son. Don't worry about in the past if you didn't take ownership on your life. Your past doesn't exist anymore. The only thing that exists is today. Mir Hashem tomorrow as well. But all we have is today. Hashem will help each and every one of us to live today. Because today is all we have. And today is the first day of the rest of your life. Have a wonderful day everybody. Oh, yeah. Sure. Okay.